Hello and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. This is a, a special compilation episode, if you will. Some outtakes, some best bits, some otherwise unheard moments of madness from the team. Vada, hada, dude, da. Hello at oh no. Let me just finish my fake magnum and then we'll uh, get started. And just for reference, um I have drunk quite a lot of prosecco and quite a lot of gin so far today, so hopefully that makes for quite an entertaining episode. Diddly ting ting ting. Now as you may have witnessed, we've we've grown into our stride as this podcast has gone on. And I think it's fair to say that uh, our first episode was very much a on-air pilot for what was to come. And so uh, you didn't actually hear everything that we recorded for that very first episode, our 2008 episode. Uh, so here is the analysis from episode one of a song from the tiny enclave European nation of Andorra. Ding dong! So um, Andorra in 2008 were represented by Gisela with Casanova. More online threats demand more protection. New Norton 3... Oh yeah, this was good. (laughs) (laughs) Cadbury Dairy Milk Fingers. It's amazing they didn't win. If we start saying this podcast is sponsored by, and then just list the companies who come up in the targeted ads before the YouTube videos, we could include them in the clips, and then maybe they'd what pay us. Uh, what what do people want free samples of? And we'll 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 start just advertising. I think Simon, you've you know you've just got a new place. Do you need some like drywall or anything or? Uh... Uh, no, fortunately, the fortunately the place I I bought came with walls. Good. Okay. What do you need? Just name uh, something you need. I need my neighbour to be quiet. If Simon's neighbour is listening to this, shh. And by shh, I mean shut the fuck. So Andorra only competed in six Eurovision Song Contests between 2004 and 2009. And I have included this one here as um, it is really from their six entrants, their standout. I think most people will agree that this is Andorra's best ever Eurovision effort, um, which I appreciate is quite a low bar, but uh, it was also included in this list as an early introduction for you all to the awards that is known as the Barbara Dex Award at Eurovision, awarded each year to the worst dressed contestant. Uh, that seems really harsh. I mean, it's just a, it's a not dress, ca- not with some feathers. Not Alamira. I mean, I know uh, where Andorra is located, right? It's nowhere near the island of Crete. I don't, why is she dressed as a minotaur? What, what, what's up with that? I thought the uh, headpiece looked like the staging. 
I thought it looked like the fascinator that Princess Beatrix wore to the royal <laughs> wedding, which I realise is a niche reference. That I is... mean, one thing I want to know about the Andorra entry as well is, I mean, you, you mentioned this is, you know, their kind of high watermark. With yes. Andorra at Eurovision, is it a little bit like Andorra at the football when Andorra play England and they're at Wembley? And to be honest with you, they're just happy to be there and they're taking yep. photos. And because, you know, they go home and in the week, the football players are actually plumbers and postmen. I did think that um, Gisela, 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 you can't say Gisela. <laughs> Gisela? I assume it's pronounced the same as the MP. Is is Gisela also a primary school teacher, or is or is this? Do um, they actually have professional? No. So what I, what I should say is is Gisela is is not uh, actually from Andorra. She's from Catalonia. Uh, she was on. Uh, she was first famous after coming in eighth place on the first Spanish edition of Operaciono Triunfo in 2001, which is better known in this country as Fame Academy. Um, uh, so yes, she's a Spanish singer, but given Spain's uh, proximity, and the same goes for other small countries in Eurovision like San Marino. Uh, rarely represented by a native. I don't know what others thought, but I mean, going into this as well, we should have said at the beginning that you asked us not to devote any time to looking at where they came in the yes. final table. Yes. This song for me is kind of classic Eurovision because when I'm when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm re- looking at this, this this could be top ten or bottom mm-hmm. three. I, you know, I I didn't know whether or not. I'm, I'm very conscious about embarrassing myself by coming out and saying, "Oh, this is a brilliant song. This was you know this really deserves to be top five. <laughs> And then you're going to go, well, actually, it was it was bottom three because it's rubbish. You know, it's one of those Eurovision ones where it could have been so good and it could have been really well received. I think it's 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 a it's a decent song, but it's like the staging and the and everything around it is just really dull. Um, so I do I I think it's it's yeah won't have done particularly well. I mean, I feel like her outfit is quite gimmicky. I mean, it's a metal bodice for those that aren't watching. It's a metal bodice with a sort of bronze ruffled skirt. And as Simon says, a metallic reworking of um, Princess Beatrice's hat to the royal wedding. Mm. Um, it's I mean, it's a look. But beyond that, beyond the beyond the dress, there isn't a lot more, is there? Similarly, the kind of. Re- Repetition of Oh Casanova, I feel like will go down really well with the vast majority of the Eurovision clientele. So it could have been a really popular song. Mm. I mean, it was popular with me. I'm 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 always pretty receptive to people shouting Oh Casanova at me. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> no, no, that's staying in. So so one of of the eight that I gave you, one of one of your faves. Um. Good. Um, <laughs> with one notable exception, this is my least favourite on the list, I think. Ooh, bottom half for me, yeah. Bottom half, interesting. Um, what I will say is that uh, each year in which the rules allowed for this, uh, I will be featuring at least one song that didn't make the uh, final. Uh, so... Uh, Mini, as as everyone else has given their thoughts, do you think this song made the final? Yes, I think it did. No, no, it didn't. Um, this, in fact, out of all the songs that I have selected for you to hear, uh, did the worst. 
This came in uh, 16th place in the first semi-final uh, out of 19 acts. So please, as we are listening to the rest of the songs through uh, tonight's podcast, uh, bear in mind that all of them did better than that one. And for those of you that know what's coming. Yes, <laughs> well, you know, poor Gisela. I, I think... didn't realise she didn't make it. I, I assumed this was a, she was a finalist. The semi-finals are a fickle beast, and and 2008 was the very first year that had uh, 43 entrants, which is still the highest amount, tied with a few other years, that have ever entered Eurovision in one year. So um, it, qualification was tough, but um, but yeah, I I felt it, it was very good. There, there's not a lot to be said. She she couldn't have done a lot more. It's classic anti-Andorra sentiment. Mm, well, a lot of the small countries do think that it's impossible for them to win. Um, it's why Luxembourg don't compete anymore. Um, you will notice that a lot of the smaller countries around Europe don't compete anymore either. Um, uh, it's Andorra's reasoning as well. Montenegro dropped out of uh, Eurovision 2020 to buy some new cars for their... Um, uh, for their broadcaster. Um, so they timed that well, I think it's safe to say. Diddly ting ting ting. One thing that's come up relatively regularly on the podcast has been politics in and around Eurovision. So here is a little outtake from 2009 episode and Georgia's effort for that year. Oh, Casanova. One thing that we haven't touched upon for 2009 was the lack of an appearance of Georgia. Does anyone know why that was? Yeah, so they, they tried to enter with a song called We Don't Wanna Put In, uh, which is clearly a political reference to Vladimir Putin, uh, which included the lyrics, I'm going to try and shoot him. We don't wanna put in the negative was a pretty overt attempt at uh, political commentary from Georgia. You have to, you, this is a year of relative calm. This is a year where Russia sings in Ukrainian and Ukraine sends a song that says bomb about 20 times in it and no one bats an eyelid. Now, Georgia has a, has a habit of sending very angry songs to Eurovision. And this was a real disco number we don't want to put in. It was uh, like really upbeat and, and, and jazzy. But um, unfortunately, that came with a political sub uh, connotation, which uh, meant that they weren't allowed to compete. The EBU did offer them the chance to change their lyrics or pick another song, but they declined to do so. So they uh, jettisoned their place in the 2009 competition. And now we're standing Available on Minidisc or Cassette Alex Smith presents Alex Sings the Hits With songs from All Saints What I hear It's calling you my dear 
out of reach. Meatloaf. As long as the wheels are turning, as long as the fires are burning, as long as your prayers are coming true, you better believe it that I would do anything for love. Saw someone talking about Lord on Twitter the other day, the Kiwi singer. And in my head, I thought they were talking about Lordy. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that a lot. Too much Lordy. Vada, hada, dude, da. Also from our 2009 episode, for reasons of taste and decency, this story from Daniel Irvin didn't quite make it into the cut. Ding dong. This Poundland Kurt Cobain sings a pretty limp, <laughs> pretty limp rock song that's a lot like the Danish song from 2011 that we covered a few weeks ago, and it's missing in a lot of the same areas. Um, the singer here seems to deliver all his lines from an unusual squatting position. And it reminded me a lot of a, of a story from last year when I travelled through Dubai Airport on my way back from Australia. So when travelling long haul regularly, you have to carefully plan your bodily functions. You have to do as little damage as possible in that six foot square box that you've got to share with 200 other people, right? So during my short layover in Dubai, I decided to use the comparatively vast public amenities that you get at an airport. It's mid-morning rush in Dubai, so I had to maybe wait 10 minutes to get a cubicle, you know, a small queue. Um, finally, it's my turn. The door opens and I head in. By now, not desperate, but certainly ready to go. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been to Dubai or similar parts of Asia. You may know where this is going. Before me is simply a hole in the floor. Squatting toilet. <laughs> exactly. There may have been proper Western-style toilets in the other cubicles, but neither my bowels nor my ego were willing to go and rejoin the back of the queue to find out. <laughs> so the thought then crossed my mind. I've never done this before. Do you go for a full squat, get your bum as close as possible to the hole, or is it more of a, a backwards urinal with a half squat that you sort of do? So... <laughs> Much to the complaint of my knees, I, I elected for the former, seemed safer. But actually, our pound shop, Kurt Cobain, here is demonstrating perfectly the latter technique of just using it like a backwards urinal. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> oh, Casanova. Now, quite often, for the sake of brevity, we don't include some of the more interesting and, well, dull stories that get told from time to time during recordings. But this one we did enjoy, but we couldn't include. So here is Simon Rickenback telling us about a curious instance with a frog. Diddly ting ting ting. Have you seen this woman who's, uh, or girl rather, who's, she's got 37,000 tadpoles and she's raising them into frogs and they're getting to the stage now where there is going to be like literally tens of thousands of frogs overtaking. It's like a... It's a thing on TikTok, um, but is recommended recommended watching because it the tickety talk. It is it is going to be a disaster. There's going to be a like a lot of frogs. And we now have Simon Rickenback live on the line. Hello, Simon. Hey, Phil. Nice to be introduced without some sort of derogatory comment. Derogatory insult. Yeah. Or I mean, I mean, I can if you'd like. It would make me sort of, it would help me get into it a bit more, I think. Okay, sure. Uh, so I'm here with Man of the People, Phil Smith, and Man of the Frogs, Simon Rickenback. Hi, Phil. 
Yeah, I'm more in the zone now. Oh, I could have said frog of the people. Um, Simon, can you provide us with an update on the frog situation, please? Yeah, so so basically this woman, she's got 38,000 tadpoles and they've started becoming frogs. And that, is, that is what they do, yeah. And basically this like unit of a frog has turned up and is like taking over the pool and he's not one of the tadpoles. And the girl thinks they're all friends, but actually this big frog is just eating all their food and the tiny frogs are trying to attack it, but she thinks they're giving it piggybacks. Um, yeah. And would now, you not have, would you, so is this, is this actually answering the question of, you know, uh, a thousand frog sized flies or yeah. a thousand fly sized frogs sort of thing? Yeah, basically at the moment it's, they seem to be sort of dueling into a stalemate. But okay. she's she's released a thousand tiny frogs into her garden, which is another. So I, w I would say basically the disaster hasn't happened yet, but it's it's still on the cards. Putting a thousand frogs in your garden isn't too sensible. Also, she's insisting on holding a funeral for everyone that dies. Um, oh, so I think there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be a lot of froggy funerals going on because not a lot of them are going to make it, and if they do, she's in trouble. Isn't this isn't this what's happened in, in Australia with cane toads? Or am I just losing my mind? Yeah, I mean, there are lots of cane toads in Australia. I don't know if that's because of a girl trying to influence on TikTok. <laughs> she she signed a massive deal with some like I didn't I didn't I'd never heard of it before. But apparently, there's influencing agencies, um, and she signed with one of them to make froggy videos uh, next year. Is the uh, influencing company called Frogger? Vada, hada, dude, da. For those of you that don't follow us on social media, where we are available on Facebook and Twitter, as well as the podcast being available on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud, Simon, despite having terrible musical taste, is in fact an incredible baker, as he proved when he made for us all, some Gildo Horn Nutsecker. And so it cast our mind back to the Eurovision 1998 cake gate. Diddly ting ting ting. I have now thought of my other Eurovision cake, and that is an Abara Birth. Abba and a, a Barra Birth cake. It's a Welsh cake. All right. of our Welsh fans will be in hysterics right now. Didn't uh, Latvia have a song called like Cake to Bake in mid-2010s? 2014, yeah. Yeah, I got that on my iPod. It's not a great song, but it's, it's a bit of fun. But they didn't, they didn't come up with any Eurovision cake-based puns, so it wasn't a great, great use to me. Um, I mean, if it was tea-based puns, I've got Vada Hada Doody Darjeeling. It's in your eyes. On CD2 of Alex Sings thinking. the Hits. Miley Minogue. It's no surprise. I've been watching you lately. Abba. So when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me? SOS. That's that's what we're doing, Jess. Jess has just gone. It's like Pierce Brosnan's in the room. Stefan Raab. Oder wat ik immer war, dat dat wat wat war. I'm so curious. Can we change it to Alex Slurs the Hits? 